I'm Yvonne Lindell. Hello, Yvonne. I'm John McEnroe. Good to meet Otherwise, you. no. You can call me Dave. I will. <laughs> I must crush you. <laughs> we have the 3Ds here. We're talking about classic contemporary Christian music from 1985 to 1995, and maybe some tennis. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, All right. Maybe. And uh, yes. each week we reflect on some great albums from the time, artists, producers, um, you name it. Uh, just some fun stuff back in the day. And today we have an amazing treat for me with probably my favorite album of all time. Whoa, seriously? Yes, of okay. this of this time. White Heart Freedom. Okay. Dan, I'm I'm right there with you. This is probably my favorite CCM album. Yep. I could oh, wow. listen to this one over and over. Okay. Well yeah. This, yes. yeah, this would be this would be in my top. Uh, probably say my top ten, maybe, maybe top five. I hadn't given it much thought, but um, tune in later. Hey, we'll do have, you have our own hundred greatest of all time of our favorites, and I'm sure this will be in the top ten or five. So, do you happen to have that book in front of you, yep, Derek? I do. I do. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see where freedom okay fall in their in their listing. All right, um, and looking and, and it up. By the way, knowing this list as you're looking it up, I have no clue where this would land on that list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't either. Okay. Yeah, there's no telling. It could be at the very bottom. It could be three from the top. I don't know. All right. So looking it up, and let me let's see here. Uh, so it looks like this album does not make the 100. Okay. What? Well, yeah, this is the 100 Greatest Albums in Christian Music CCM Presents from 2001. Uh, White Hearts Freedom is not on this list, nor is it in any of the uh, kind of um, honorable mentions in the back. Now, now I take wow. that back. One person does mention it. Okay. Okay. April Hefner mentions it, and she says... The discussions were intense, but Freedom lost out to Don't Wait for the Movie in the Ooh. final analysis. For me, oh, Freedom, wow. and she says, for me, Freedom will always be the White Heart disc with the best collection of songs. So Don't yeah, Wait I'm for the her. Movie made, made it to number 74 in their list. Interesting. Well, it kind of it's Man. kind of par for the course for White Heart. <laughs> they just don't <laughs> seem to get any kudos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. They are the Christian version of Toto, that's for sure. There you go. That's that's, that's right. Yeah. Right. The musicians and the fans love them, and the critics are like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dwayne Hurst just one of my favorite CCM bands of all time. Uh, I mean, and over the years, they've had so many various um, players and the band members in their group. Of course, the core is Billy Smiley, Mark Gershmel, Rick Florian. I would say he's definitely in the core once he becomes the lead singer. Right. But I mean, we're looking back. We get, we had Steve Green in there, Dan Huff, David Huff, Gary Lunn, uh, Gordon Tommy Kennedy, Sims. Tommy Sims, Chris McHugh on this one, uh, okay. Anthony Sally, Brian Wooten. I mean, just tons and tons of great um, studio artists as well as I mean artists themselves so yeah didn't john knox play drums on yeah, in john the band knox, from adam again that's right so, yeah. yeah he did yep yep so i mean tales he was on tales of wonder i think yes his first album anyway yeah yeah, yeah very good yep. you know and you know just there's some great folks in here i mean gordon kennedy and tommy sims alone 
along with Wayne, yeah. along with Wayne Kirkpatrick, for those again who don't know these names, I mean those three were, wrote the huge hit "Change Your World," recorded by Eric Clapton in 1996, and you know, and that song went on to be the Grammy Award Song of the Year right. in 1996. Yep. So you know, here we have two of those folks you know, on this album. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I said, a lot of them are extremely successful studio musicians. And also, like we just said, despite this 15 year history of Whiteheart and, and more, I guess if you include uh, all the recent stuff, um, very successful, but no Dove Award wins and only two Grammy nominations. So they, really? they at least had two Grammy nominations one for their very first debut album in 1983 and then a nomination for tales of wonder in 1992 crazy okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah wow i did not know that so now yeah. i saw uh, chris McHugh um a few years ago actually on tour with keith urban he was um yep. keith urban's drummer so i saw him with keith urban um and then um a few years after that, I saw down at a casino in Oklahoma. It's the only time I ever got to see Toto live. Mm. And so it was Toto, and the opening act was Michael McDonald. And I was just far enough back and didn't have my glasses on, and I thought, boy, the bass player for Michael McDonald looks familiar. And he said, and then Michael McDonald said, I'm going to have uh, our bass player come up and sing a song that he wrote. This is Tommy Sims. He just sing Change Your World. <laughs> wow. So, right. yeah, I got to see Tommy Sims playing bass and singing with Michael McDonald. Nice. So That's awesome. Phenomenal. So, and we're probably one of the two, then... two people in the crowd that even knew the name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, there were, oh, the musicians all up and down the row with me were like, yeah, <laughs> you're totally pumped. Yeah, this is great. Well, I think Gordon Kennedy two years ago played in Garth Brooks band as well. That's right. Guitar for Garth. Yep. Yep. That's right. So like Dan said, there's, you know, in demand musicians up and down the Whiteheart roster. They are the, I'm not kidding. They're the Christian version of Toto. That's, yeah. that's exactly who they mm -hmm. are. Um, in demand session guys that also get together and write and sing their own stuff. So. I mean, we could, I honestly could talk for a very long time with all these guys and, and all this, this whole album, the music, um, every one of the musicians. Um, this is now, and it's, it's been 31 years since this came out. They had a 30th mm -hmm. reunion for this album uh, last year. Last year. Yeah. Yep. And Dave, didn't you go to that? Or you uh, didn't we were going we were going to and weren't able to, uh, uh, yeah. like a few weeks leading up to the show. So, um, but I, you know, there again, you go to YouTube. I think there's some videos, and they just did this one time show, and people are asking, "Is going to be recorded?" They said, "No." Are you guys going to go on tour? No, we're just going to do this one show. And uh, so, some fans took some videos of it, and uh, boy, they still sounded great. Um, they're still oh, playing, sure. sound great. You know, Rick sounded great, so a lot of fun yeah so i think i think three weeks before that happened somehow you had told me about it i didn't i knew nothing about it somebody told me about it and like that day i was scrambling to find uh flights you know tickets i mean i'm like <laughs> right i have got to get there wow that's I mean, great I was, that's awesome that is... pretty, pretty much looked down i'm like i don't care what it costs i'm getting there and <laughs> but i couldn't get a ticket they were they're all sold out 
couldn't yeah. couldn't get it, or at least the level I could afford maybe <laughs> was sold out. But uh, yeah, it's just I would have loved to seen that. Um, yeah. yeah, same here. Um, and then I do That's have great. a copy. Uh, oh, yep, yep. I do too. It's yep, not right my. Here. It's not my original yep. copy. <laughs> because that's that, yeah, that's, that's yeah, right. It's being, it's being uh, borrowed by somebody for thirty years now. But uh, uh, you thief. But I did get. Yes. It. it looks like uh, I still have a sticker on the back of it that says CD Warehouse for six ninety nine. So uh, they they oh, now okay. now I'm sure defunct CD Warehouse uh, had on sale for six right. ninety nine at some point. So yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love okay. it. Okay, we're three for three. I have mine. All right, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, we're three. We're three for three on this one. So, I, yep. Somehow I still have my original. This was the first CD I ever owned. First CD I ever bought. Wow. So Really? Yes. So the liner, is, the liner notes are now a, a shade of yellow, and they're kind of cracking and tearing in some spots. But, of course, as you guys, <laughs> as you guys know, you unfold the liner notes, and on the other side, you've got a mini White Heart poster. Right. Yep. Yep. So it, you know, there it, it is. You can take the liner notes and put them up in uh, your living room if you want. Perfect. I think I'll do that tonight. <laughs> okay. My wife. And I think this poster <laughs> kind of looks like one of the first uh, selfies you ever take. You know, where you kind of got this giant head on one side and you kind of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a collection of Jordan selfies. It is over there. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but okay, and somebody needs to volunteer to read. Brown Bannister, who produced the album, read Brown's blur on the back of this album because I think it says it all. Oh my goodness! Okay, hold on. Uh, let, read it. let me find my let I me find my glasses. It. Hold on. Okay, hang on. All so, right. Okay, found him. Are Dan's you going to do it? Go, okay, go so, for it, Dan. Go for I'm it. sorry. Where did you tell me it was? I'm looking for it. It's on the back, uh, right underneath the list of songs. It's a little quote from Brown. Back of the list of songs. Okay. Back. Oh, you back, back, back of the CD. You might have to do this. I can't find it. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'll do it. It says, Brown writes, if you haven't heard this record, then you haven't heard Whiteheart. Of course, I'm not discrediting any of their projects in the past, but I believe this album takes major steps forward uh, in tapping the true potential of this band. This is a, this is truly a collective experience uh, or expression of the of uh five talented guys wow nice i'm sorry six six very talented guys so oh yeah i'm sorry it's on the is... back i got i was looking at the notes yeah, okay back back, back, back. got yeah. it yep there it is back, back. wow yep and so i i can't think of any better description of this album than the producer himself brown banister about this so album. and we so. we had talked done a podcast about brown banister and his amazing reach through ccm and uh, throughout the music world, so listen back to that one if you get a chance. But I, yeah. pro- I probably bought this just because Brown produced it, and he had that quote in the back. I, I, I'm almost sure of it <laughs> because I thought, yeah. okay, I got to get this one because I did. I bought albums that had Brown Bannister produced sometimes without even not even knowing yeah. who they yeah. were. Now I knew I was totally into Whiteheart. Yeah, I knew Whiteheart at the time. Uh, you know, Hotline, yeah. uh, Emergency Broadcast, Don't Wait for the Movie, that kind of thing. Um, and so real quick, the players on here are, uh, and again, we already talked about them a little bit. So Rick Florian does the lead vocals. Mark Gershmel does keyboards, backing vocals, things like that. Billy Smiley guitars, Gordon Kennedy, lead guitar, guitars, Tommy Sims and Chris McHugh, Tommy Sims in the bass, Chris McHugh. So those six 
I did not realize actually until just recently, the same six did emergency broadcast. Yep. The album yep. before this. Yes, right. Which is not nearly as strong. An okay. Album. So that's what I was getting to. I'm like, wait a minute. Why did this one hit me so much different than the last one? Because I do, I still uh, listen back to emergency broadcasts and I'm like, it just doesn't grip me. And yeah, I, who, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I have know. a theory. So, okay. Cause I, cause I was trying to figure this out. Um, okay. On this one, on freedom, the writing credits are either four people on almost every song or the entire white heart group is in the writing credits of every song. Interesting. That, and then number two produced by Brown Bannister where the last one was produced by quote unquote white heart. And I, and I think yes. each, mm. each song was individually produced by one of them. I, I don't know. So, but something about it just didn't hit me. British Brockus just hit me like this one does. Yeah, it's yeah. it's got its moments. I think. Um, right. I like I like to read the book. Don't wait for the movie. More emergency broadcast has its moments occasionally, but I mean, freedom is was just at another level and really was their sweet spot. Um, but interesting to to realize that the the songwriting. I didn't I didn't realize that, Dan. Yeah, where the the emergency broadcast. You know, each song is only maybe one or two of them writing the songs. But this uh, one, but right. this one, they give writing credits to everybody. So I'm thinking, gosh, Brown must have brought them together and just had them contribute in a way they hadn't really done before. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a good question if we ever had Gershmel mm -hmm. or Rick or, or somebody like that to ask them. I would be interested to know how quickly coming off the road for "Don't Wait for the Movie" um, did they have to rush back in and do emergency broadcast? Oh yeah. Um, I always kind of try to take that in mind or take that into consideration with a band, you know, they've written their great hit album and then they get off the road and they've got a week to recover and we got to get back in the studio so we can get the album done in six weeks and then get back on the road. So I don't know well, what that turnaround was like. Well, and it seemed at the time like that album came out really fast because obviously we didn't have social media back in the eighties. And I remember being at a, a Christian bookstore and I'm like, wait, well, there's already another Whiteheart album that, you know, it was probably a best of. No, no, actually, <laughs> yeah. it, was it was emergency broadcast. <laughs> it's emergency yeah. broadcast. Right. I'm like, well, right. wait a minute. Yeah. Well, they got this out really quick, you know, as opposed to, so, you know, there we go. Freedom came out a few years after that. So that's, that's a good point, Derek. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they rushed into it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Now, I can't I think we can't underestimate the brown factor yeah. right here. I think. That is probably, I think they would even say that was huge. Right. So um, better songs, more time, and then you add Brown, and you've got a pretty sweet recipe for success. And, and I think I'm learning also about the engineering, and, you know, learning more about engineering. I think, you know, bringing, bringing mm -hmm. the right instruments forward at the right time and putting yeah. things up hot in the mix and pulling them back and all those different things where it seemed like emergency broadcast was a little more, more you know, one note to me, this one really does that. It just brings everything forward at the right time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So of these six, they're all great, you know, in their own right. We got the three core Whiteheart folks. Gordon Kennedy does an amazing job and he's, you know, just a great talent on his own, Chris McHugh. But I want to take just a moment here then to talk about Tommy. Oh, Sims. boy. Right. 
So Tommy yes. Sims, because we've been alluding to him for now for a long time in our podcast, um, bass guitarist, amazing talent, 163 performance credits, probably more than that, I don't know, but that's what they have in Discogs. <laughs> 181 writing credits, 85 producing credits. You know, he's toured with Bruce Springsteen. He's still doing bass in the studio for people. Um, he's been on Taylor Swift's album Speak Now in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, he yep. did some stuff with Josh Groban on Bridges CD, uh, Michael Bolton, and of course, his signature just all over a bunch of different CCM artists, the Winans, Avalon, we talked about Margaret Becker, Susan Ashton, Bob Carlin, Out of the Gray, Amy Grant, Charlie yeah. Peacock. So, you know, he's obviously a, an amazing performer and artist. Uh, he's also a, an amazing producer. So, Eric Champion, yep. um, Carmen, Michael Bolton, the Newsboys' very first album was done by. I didn't know that was produced. Oh by yeah, Sims. that's right. Hmm. Wow. Yep. Um, he even recently did in 2014 John Oates from Hall and Oates. Wow, uh -huh. seriously. And then and then I was really here's one that Derek you and I like offshoot Rhythm House. Oh yeah, he produced yes. their album. Yeah, yeah, love that one. Yes, love that one. Yeah, and of course. And of course, that's he so had good. his own album out in 2000. Uh, Stevie Wonder ends up playing harmonica. Um, on one of those songs on his album. Um, yep. So yep. I'm just a huge fan. You know, just listening really grew to appreciate the bass. Uh, don't play it myself. Don't have any, you know, I've never done that before, but just the amazing longevity that he has and artistry, um, you know, again, knowing when to be forward in the, into the, in the song and let it lead, but also knowing when to, Hey, I'm just, I'm trying to help create the atmosphere in this song. And then, yeah. Derek, you have a Tommy yeah. Sims playlist on Spotify. If anybody's interested, look up. Uh, yeah, I'll link to that yeah. in the show notes. That's I'll, I'll definitely link to that. So, there, so there's part so. of me. So let me sidetrack for a second. I actually heard Lou Holtz, the famous uh, coach at Notre Dame, speak one time. And he, as I remember, he was talking about how he rebuilt this Notre Dame football team. And he asked, I think, some of his coaches, like, who do, we, who do we build this around? And they all kind of looked at each other like, you know, they didn't really have a rock. They didn't really Tommy have a rock star back then or whatever. But he said, and I, I think, as I recall, and I could be completely wrong, but I think they basically settled on the center. Oh, no, I thought no, you were going to yeah. say Tommy Sims. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but they said, yeah, you know, we're going to build this team around the center. You know, and when you think about football teams, you don't think, I'm going to build a team around the center? But – what he meant to say with that is you just take the best of what you have at the time and you just build on it. And I think there's part of me that thinks that Brown take Tommy again. Now the other ones are, are also very amazing artists, but did he build a little, a little bit of this album around him or they work together on so much of this. So that's just my theory. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. There, this is a very bass yeah. forward album. Um, his, you know, Tommy's bass riff kind of sets the mood for "Let the Kingdom mm -hmm. Come." Uh, uh, "Let It Go"'s got a very bass forward riff. Uh, yeah, it could be "Invitation." Uh, so yeah, it's that we could we'll, when we break down these tracks, track by track, we'll definitely be 
naming our favorite Tommy moments, mm-hmm. that's for sure. One other thing we should establish before we get into the tracks, which version of Rick's first name are we on here for this right. album? Uh, that's to be number three, right? So which? Yeah, which it would one? be. Or what is, how does he spell it this time? <laughs> I think it's the double K, okay. but I could be wrong on that. Let me look yep, here. You're right, yeah, double K. The, the, yeah, so the joke is they would spell Rick Florian's name differently every album. So I don't have the list in front of me, but by the time you get to freedom, it's R-I-K. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep, there you go. And he's, he's done the traditional so, R-I-C-K, yeah. R-I-K, R-I-Q, <laughs> R-I-C. <laughs> right. So. That's that's such a great little inside joke that it just cracks me up every time. You'd, you'd look to see which version of Rick was going to be in that album. So. And this was the last of three albums on the Sparrow label. Great. And then they went on to Star Song. That's right. Yep. Um, this mm-hmm. was the last. That's right. Also the last for Tommy Gordon and right. Chris McHugh, although Chris came back and played a little bit on Tales. Uh, but, yeah, as far as, like, being in the band, it was the last for those three guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you could see that coming. Probably the work with Brown kind of confirmed that Tommy was going to go out and do some producing and definitely get into more session playing. Gordon did as well, and so did Chris McHugh. So that was probably always in the cards for them. You know, and here's here's the other thing about the album that hit me was it's really rock-oriented. So I don't know that it gets its near its due because maybe I don't think Christian Radio had really caught up to this sound. You know, I don't think there's a lot of real CCM radio playable things at the time here. Uh, there are obviously, yes. yeah, that, that, at the time, there are amazing tracks on here, but it's just, I think people who got it into their station really wondered, how do I, what do I do? How do I fit this in here? You know, there's maybe, there's maybe three or yeah. four on here that could fit in there. But I mean, the first three songs aren't going to, aren't going to go on CCM playable wide playable i should say i mean we all you know stations back then had you know they had one or two hour rock shows in the evening or on a weekend or something like that and so it wouldn't get near the airtime as if you had a ballad or something that played over and over again during the day yeah Um, and don't you guys don't you guys think that that that's something that's not thought about a lot in in an era where we've got 24 hour music stations back then you didn't have that. Dan, Dave, you guys want to talk about kind of what the setup was back then in terms of Christian radio, just in terms of playing Well, it music? depends on where you are. You had stations here and there that were 24 hours. Uh, but, yeah, for the most part, you had stations that, let's say the average Christian station back then, during the day, if they played contemporary Christian music, it would be more adult hits-oriented contemporary Christian music during the day. And then maybe at night they would play some, you know, popular preachers or teachers on the air. Uh, that was, in my opinion, that was like what happened for the most part. But like I said, there were some stations. Um, I know where I grew up in California, we had two, an AM and an FM, and they were all music. Um, and they were listener supported, but they played music, CCM, 24-7. I know that um, mm-hmm. there's was, there was one in Tulsa that's been around for years, KXOJ. Uh, they're 24-7 music. But, yeah, back at this time period, you're right. Uh, I know in Wichita, and you guys probably know this, too, if you remember, we didn't have a station then. But there was a, a show that came on Saturday nights on a local college station. 
And then we go from NPR to playing CCM for about an hour and a half, and then go back to playing NPR. Mm-hmm. And, that's and that's right. Where, and that's, that's where right. I listened to a lot of this stuff we talk about was on that on that show. So, uh, but yeah, if if they had twenty four seven stations back then, I I could see where this would get overlooked because there weren't too many stations playing this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were really kind of right. on the forefront if you were even playing like over me from this. From right. this album, yeah, because mm. um, yep. you know. So here's here's Exhibit A, for instance, the top 100 hits, Christian hits of 1989. Number one is BB and CC Wine and Heaven. Okay. Yep. Sweet mm. Love by First Call. More to This Life, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Throne, Michael W. Smith. Forever Friends, Sandy Patty. Farther On, Rust Half. So those are the first, you know, five or six there, right? So it kind of gives you. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, great those are all good songs. Very yeah. not rock oriented at all, you know. And yeah, so you have not, to get all no, the way down all. to number ninety four before you get to "The River Will Flow" by Whiteheart. Wow. I mean, so there's things like "Prism," "Wonderful Worlds of Life" is before that, <laughs> you know. So, you know, that's that's how. Mm. How do you get playable music out of this amazing? album i think that's again that's why i think it just doesn't get it to do yeah true um i got two things to throw in real quick the first one is uh looking forward to future artists that are uh huge now uh mercy me of course you know they're probably the most popular band right now Mm -hmm. in today's ccm in 2006 they went to do their coming up to breathe album and they got brown to produce it and I remember seeing a quote from Bart Millard who said that we, one of the reasons we got Brown is because we want to make our very own freedom. So here you got mm. an artist in 2006 that was huge in today's CCM referencing, referencing the, the, the Freedom album from My Heart back in 1988. Mm-hmm. So that just tells you what kind of legacy mm. that this album has led. And the other thing I was going to say is... Uh, Whiteheart is a band that my wife Susan and I have both loved, and we probably saw them when we were dating ten times. And the thing, it, and the thing about wow. Whiteheart's shows were the, was their energy, especially when Rick joined. Right. Um, and you got a little glimpse of that with read the book and a little bit in emergency broadcasts, but I felt like they really captured the energy from their live performances with freedom um, because they have more rock in it. And you could just, you could visualize the band playing these songs alive. And to me, to me at the time mm. when I was, say I was 18, 19, when this came out, I mean, I just, I got pumped up every time I listened to it because mm-hmm. it just, you know, it definitely yeah. was more rock and just full of energy. So. Did you guys see this tour? I did, but I it, did not. We were, we lived in Wichita and, but they didn't come to Wichita. I think we saw McPherson. At a college in McPherson. Yeah. I think it's where it was. Yeah. yeah, I did not see them on this tour. So, Dave, here we have an example of you and I not right. being at the same show. So, let the record show. You and I Man. are not at that well, show Well, and together. I will post pictures of that show on our Facebook page. So, you can check it okay, out. Okay, there yeah. you go. Perfect. So, took with my uh, yeah, Insta, my Kodak camera. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Your Kodak Instamatic right. camera. That's, That's right. Very good. Which probably then sat around for a while until you had a chance to go. I should develop the pictures. Yeah. Right. It, uh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I couldn't afford 24 hour development. So I had to leave them, you know, a couple of days and come That's back. Right. So, <laughs> yep. Got to leave them yes. at the IGA. You know, and, and they were always kind of in the shadow of Petra and things like that. But uh, I was trying to look back even at like uh, reviews that anybody might have written 
and I couldn't really find any, but those that did write on this album 30 years later um, are all pretty much say, yeah, this is a turning point for the band. Um, just the quality of their music was just one of the pinna- you know, pinnacle spot here. So, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of con- uh, people agree on that. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Before we jump in, that's okay. it. Yeah, that's it. So uh, number one, we got "Bye Bye Babylon." So it comes right out swinging with the power rock. I mean, and just so much going on here that I love. And I guess you could call it—I don't know if it's overproduced or what. Which, like I said, I think I really like overproduced things. <laughs> but uh, the <laughs> oh, depth of sound right. here yeah. is just great. And and sure enough, here's five writing credits on here: Rick, Mark, Billy, Gordon, Tommy—all of writing credits. Um, and, uh, just fantastic one that just caught me right out of the gate when I first heard it. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be so interesting to talk about this. I I mean, this is a testament to how many times, and I think we all would be able to say this. Um, I'm doing, you can't see this because we're not videoing each other, but I'm holding up my Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, notepad. I have zero <laughs> notes on this album, but I'm going to be able to easily talk about <laughs> right. the entire thing because I've heard it so right. many times. Um, yeah, I just, boy, Tommy's again, talk about your favorite Tommy moments. This is just that rock bass tone here that just really drives this song and just sets every, sets a tone for everything. Um, the um, The lyrics, boy, they're just they're still so yes. pertinent, I think, today. You know, rocking back through time and space. It's 2088, which doesn't seem right, all that long it, yeah. from now. Um, it did right. in 1989, but um, they're digging around in the dust of what we've done. People study me. I'm a part of history. Did we leave them another Babylon? Oh. So that's, yeah, It's I, I think about that a lot in these, you know, kind of days that we live in with uh, just kind of throwaway narcissistic evil culture in which we you know swim around in what yeah what are we going to leave so that's it's and you it's probably another you get a taste right off the bat of how much they've grown not just in the musicianship and production but with the songwriting with the lyrics to the song like you said derek and you know i love how the song starts like you just turn on the radio in the middle of a song it just like clicks on you know and you get the guitars it didn't fade in it just like clicks on but it doesn't quite start yet, you know what I mean? And and then it kicks in. I love that. Right. I also think that it's a uh, testament to the visual timekeeper, Chris McHugh. Mm-hmm. Because uh, <laughs> the, the beat is a little bit off on this song, and uh, he does a great job with it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a. I can't think of any better track. And then to open at, with toward the end, one. we get this Rick Florian scream. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right. it, you know, he kind of led up into it and then yeah. he just screams that out. And then you, you get that power driving ending that I yes. love that just oh. changed, changed the template and everything. Just give you a, a few little power drives there at the end. And then it was done. Yes. And you were left. It explodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then, uh, it's great. They come out of that and they do number two, sing your freedom. Um, oh, by the way, on Spotify, so I, I do like to look at this every now and then, on Spotify, um, the top 10 songs on the artist page. And of the top 10 songs, four of them are from this album. 
and nice. Bye Bye Babylon is number nine. And according to the listens on this, uh, this is one of the, their biggest listened to songs, Bye Bye Babylon, from this wow. album. Um, and then Sing Your Freedom is number two. Okay, so I'm about to say one of my favorites on this album, but they're all my favorites on this album. So I'm going to call <laughs> sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go That's favorite understood. number whatever, you know, number two. Um, but I love the build up through this song. Uh, I think starting slow and easy and we kind of get this little mysterious feel through the song and then we get this big change of pace at the chorus. You know, with the, with like, like Chris McHugh just pounding yeah. out some driving rhythms there. And at the end, the last minute and 30 seconds is just amazing. We got the bass, the guitar all working together. We got, it sounds crazy and out of control, but it just all works together. And yeah. personally, personally, I think it starts fading out a little too soon. <laughs> Gordon Kennedy <laughs> kicks in this guitar solo in the last 30 seconds and lasts 11 uh, seconds just yeah. as he's fading out. He starts hitting these high notes on the guitar. And I'm thinking, oh, I want more of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. No, you can't have it. More shredding. We're fading out. And then, of course, Tommy Sims yeah. you know, on, on this is just unbelievable. Yeah. The ending of this has always reminded me of you Okay, too. interesting yeah. you bring you that up. You too. Definitely. So I was going to say that the next song and a couple other songs that, you know, you 2 comes out with uh, the Joshua Tree, what, two years before this. 87. Yeah, and I 87, think right. it was really influenced, this album. Yeah, definitely. In a huge way. Oh, for sure. And you yep. can hear that yep. for sure in a few upcoming songs here. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and the backing vocals here, I, I need to listen to this a little closer, yes. but I noticed Chris Rodriguez yeah. is um, one of the background vocalists right. here. So, mm -hmm. um, Yeah, just a great Whiteheart staple. Um, and we haven't talked about this in, in a while, but going to, if we had a radio station now, a Christian radio station, what off this album would we play? And this would be probably the number one song I would play from this album in rotation uh, with the other 80s and 90s that I would put in. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, I I I can't think of mm -hmm. much I'd leave off True. from this album. Yeah, right. Off of that station, so this one yep. would be for sure. And of course, in there, another big thing I like about it is the lyrics. You know, I my I come from a church where it's really loud musically, and I love it. <laughs> so I love belting out <laughs> where it says, "Let the chorus feel <laughs> louder and louder and shatter the blackness and pain." I'm like, "Yep." That's what I want to do. Yep. <laughs> good stuff. Like yeah, it, it is. Uh, stuff. All right. Then number three. So we do let the kingdom come. And again, I think a little bit like you said, to me, it's reminiscent of you two. You know, maybe a little bit of bullet, the blue sky in here. Maybe um, it's kind of my note on it. Yeah. yeah uh, with the bass. Tom, yep. Yeah. Tommy, Chris, mm. Hugh, uh, Mark and Rick, you know, singing on it, but you know, it's really sustained keyboard sounds, but it's really bass and drum driven. Um, and again, another one of those that right. slowly adds in the guitar and more effects, more layers. Um, and then you get into two minutes and you get that kapow, you get that king of glory, enter in, sear my heart with love's burning flame. Oh Lord, let the kingdom come. You know, and Rick again is getting up into those scream vocals. Yes. Uh, but that, that part just gives me chills. And I love yeah. the, the driving rock anthem where it, then it settles back down, but it comes back with the, whoa, 
whoa vocals um, over and over again. So I love this another big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one thing I you know th- so many years removed from having heard these albums from the first time and and being a, a teenager in early twenties versus being a you know in my early fifties now. Um, so few of these songs from back then give me chills, but that moment yeah. right mm-hmm. there yep. still does. King of Glory and her in sear my heart with love's burning flame. That still will get yeah. the goose flesh going for me. So it's which makes me think it's right. a little more than nostalgia. It's just yeah. it's I'm right with you guys. Song. I have found that over the years, looking back on Whiteheart's music, my favorite Whiteheart songs are the ones where Mark starts and sings the verses, and then Rick comes in with the high notes and goes into the chorus. I I don't think they. Oh wow! Trying to think back, I don't think they did this on the first two albums with Rick. So I think maybe Brown tapped into that a little bit with this song. This I agree. Was the first song where they did that, and boy, he just hit a home run, hit magic here with that combination because they go on and do it several times on upcoming albums. But yeah, when they get to the King of Glory part, and then of course uh, when they're doing Oh Let the Kingdom Come, and I mean they're just rocking out. Oh, you got to listen to this at at ten on the stereo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. bleeding volume. Uh, number four, one of my favorite all times. Yeah. We could probably skip this one because Dan. Okay, let's I don't move think, on. I don't uh, think Dan likes this wanna, one, so we could probably yeah. skip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you over get, me. We'll just oh skip over me. Just one of my all time favorite songs. I should have even counted down. There's only three songs left to sing to talk about over me, but uh, just one. Just it's written <laughs> by all of them. It says the writing credits include all of them. Yep. Um, and I just love this amazing rock anthem ballad. Uh, three three minutes and ten seconds in, Tommy does this amazing bass line again. Um, and I just love how the chorus has all the singers come together in one huge chorus. Um, and then at four minutes, it changes. And we kind of get this new chorus at the end. Love is pouring down over me. Oh, the wonder and mystery of how his love pours over me. So... I guess it stuck with me for so long because I guess it's really kind of a praise song in a yeah. sense that I love. Um, so I think that's why it stuck with me for so many years. And to me, it just really holds up over the years. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how, you know, songs will remind you of your friends. So like you think, um, oh, there's that song and that reminds me of that person. And so this song, has always been the Dan Day song. I just always <laughs> knew that you liked this song so much. So it's interesting to hear you talk about, I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about, what What are the reasons exactly that make this song so meaningful to you? So that's interesting to hear you um, yeah, it's so, talk about it. Go ahead, Derek. I, I, oh, I, I, the, one of the things that I noticed listening to it now, and again, I pulled out my CD and didn't listen to Spotify. So I, I, I always think that's... You know, better fidelity when it's not streaming. Uh, I I don't know if I could be pass a blindfold test and say that's that's a CD or that's streaming, but I'm telling myself <laughs> that it sounds better. But one thing that I noticed was um, how forward in the mix Brown recorded yes. Chris McHugh's high yep. hats, and I think that just really that's a really neat touch because so often high hats get buried in the in the mix and what Chris McHugh's doing with the hi-hats on this song yep. really wow. makes this song and just, it's some really 
clever, slick drumming. Yeah, that's song that's that a I, great I, point. I, I never thought about that, Derek, but you're right. I mean, the hi-hat is very uh, prevalent very. in the mix in this song. And yeah. I just think yeah. that uh, this was kind of a, yeah. well, this was very progressive for a praise and worship song. I mean, this was before, I think, Petra's Praise, which came out maybe mm-hmm. the next year. So we really hadn't heard, like, progressive rock praise songs. And uh, this one, like Dan said, still stands up. And it's just a beautiful song, and yeah, I could play this all day and not be tired of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good one. That's it's definitely yeah. a highlight. And I forgot to mention, the so the sure. song before "Let the Kingdom Come" comes in at is the num- number one song from this album on Spotify, at number five in their list. And oh. then "Over Me" just barely skips oh, really? into number ten at one hundred and twenty-two thousand plays. Uh, almost 123,000, and I've probably done all of them. <laughs> so that's why nice. I just, I just yeah, got into the top 10. So. I was making my part of that. So. Good job, Dan. Yep. Then they followed up with uh, Eighth Wonder, so that rounds out the end of side one on a cassette. Um, and this was really the radio hit. Um, yeah. Tommy Sims bass here, again, is my favorite part of this. Um, but it's... It, this is one that fits into those top tracks of 1989, although it never made the list. But um, this is what was played over and over again, I'm sure. That's interesting that that, you said this Yeah, number like 96, The River Will Flow. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was The River no, Will Flow. The okay. only one from so the album was The River Will Flow. Okay, yeah. got it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, this, yep. to me, this is the one I will always skip. This is the the track I will always skip. The lyrics just never really did much for me. Um, the chorus puzzles me, and I I don't know. I, I just don't track with the chorus. You know, learning to love myself like God loves me. I it's I I don't know. I, I would have told the boys to go back to work on the lyric on that one, but that's just me. So um, that's this is usually the one that I will. <laughs> it's our brains. Not yeah. brains, that's for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not computer brain but um it is the one that i'll just kind of gently push yeah i'll say ditto time, and that's so. uh i think all i need to say because you pretty much said it Derek. that's that's how i feel not a terrible song just the, it's the one on the yep. album i just go to the next one yeah probably yeah. of the other white heart song just yeah other ones i could definitely listen to this definitely could i don't mind it but I agree. It's probably the weakest one on the album. Yeah. And I'm glad that 46 minutes in, we've got your uh, computer brains reference. So that's, that's good. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. All right. Yep. So then we go Great. flip the cassette over. You get power tools from the first one. So an open side B, but number six on the CD. Um, and it starts, you know, somebody saying, bring out the power tools. And then you get 30 seconds of uh, yep. power tools unloading <laughs> or something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not real sure about that part. But yes. once, it, once it finally starts kicking in, then uh, <laughs> I think this one sounds the closest maybe to what, what it might have been on emergency broadcast. Um, I, I can see yeah. it fitting in there. I like yeah, that you're so. out. Uh, probably next to Eighth Wonder, I'm probably just going to go, mm, I'll, I'll move on to the next song, which is amazing, which we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. We got, well, we haven't, we failed to mention these. <laughs> right. uh-huh. uh-huh. uh, that's awesome. That's pretty good, Derek. You did that well. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh... yeah thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I briefly inhaled First the time I heard this, I had headphones on, and 
I heard all the sounds at the beginning. I thought somebody was calling me. So I took my headphones off. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no, those are sound effects of a construction site. So, you know, it's it's a timely lyric gotcha. because this is back in the, you know, PTL Jim Baker days. And clearly this is kind of what that song was about. You know, is he a man of God mm-hmm. or just a baby with the power tools? You know, straightforward, you know, kind of be careful who you listen to. And uh, great, great rocking song. So, yep. Yep. We've worked with some <laughs> yep. babies with power tools before. So <laughs> right. that's. That's and then, sure. okay, then I go into the my favorite song on here. Well, third fa- third best favorite song. I don't know what you call it. Uh, but anyway, tied for my all time favorite on this year. Okay. So Gordon, but Gordon and Tommy okay. only get the writing credits on this one. And uh, lead vocals, you got Tommy. Mm-hmm. I think starts the song. If yep. I'm if I'm hearing that right, mm-hmm. Rick does yep. a chorus, and then I think Gordon. Comes oh yeah, the verse I think so. Too. Is that right? Or is that Tommy again? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. right. Yep. Okay. No, no, no. I think. Yeah. So I, I, think... I love that. I love that that play back and forth. I think they did an amazing job writing this. Um, I think then we also get that total coolness injected in there with Sweepo Depo 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 Depo. Sort of right. Yeah. I'm, job. I, oh, I'm not nice. giving you the credit. I know that I sound like a total nice. nerd, but when Tommy does it, man, just total coolness right there in the middle. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. And this this is another um, this is another cue that they're a lot like Toto because you know you'll have in Toto you'll have David Page sing a song and then you'll have Steve Lukather sing a song and then Bobby Kimball when he was yep. the singer Joseph Williams when he was the singer so right. who's singing we're never quite sure is it is it Gershwell yeah. is it Tommy is it Rick so that's that's yeah. very similar to the way just, Toto would do things yeah this song is just is, again just such a great kind of boy where would you put this song yeah. if you were a radio station back then yeah how would you play invitation yeah. you know just no that's the thing now there's, no you know, there's another one off the album that you could play and you know it would sound just perfect and i think this is i'm pretty sure this is the one they kicked off the tour yep. with on freedom they came out with invitation which i always thought was cool because you got you know three different guys singing right off the bat mm. mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. And you're inviting the, oh, the, yeah. con- the you concert audience to come with mm-hmm. you. That's so awesome that's, song. Yeah, yeah and the incredible cool just thing. depth of sound here, just yep, amazing. Yeah. Um, and side note, Gordon Kennedy and Jimmy the Slos go on and do a group called Dogs of Peace in 1995. So if you mm-hmm. want more songs like or sound like this, I think. Dogs of Peace, that album has a lot of that similar sound to Invitation. Um, and they, they do a fantastic job on that. I agree. On that album. But that's really close to the end of our era. But we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that one maybe later. Um, okay, then we get into... Yeah. Okay, so yep. U2 influenced has to be um, yeah, The River definitely. Will Flow. So oh, yes. Yeah, very much. The biggest hit of the, of the album, uh, the first single on the album, of course, it what lands at number 96 in the top 100 in 1989. But uh, I do remember getting this as a, as the music uh, producer in the radio station, um, this single and putting it in. And I don't, if, I don't remember if you were there with me, Derek or not, but putting it in and hearing it and going, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> <I had> to... 
I wish I, I, wish I had been. I was not as there as soon you. as possible. This was just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, the crazy thing about it is it's nearly a seven-minute song. I know. Yeah. It does. Who cares? It does Great an amazing music, job. It's another one. I think that's why <laughs> it's just so hard to play. Yes. I mean, wow, that's long for a, for a radio single. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the rhythm guitar is obviously very prominent in here. Um, totally inspired by, I think, Joshua Tree, you know, where the streets have no name, where it's got that rhythm guitar driven and the bass in there. Mm-hmm. And kind of a delay on the where mm-hmm. the delay yeah. kind of feeds back on itself, and I think Edge. I think Gordon Kennedy's definitely yes. doing a lot of the Edge inspired yeah. uh, guitar work was, here, so for sure. Yeah. Right, and check out the backing vocals on this. That's kind of an all star lineup with Eddie DeGarmo, Margaret Becker, Stephen Curtis, Stan Armour. Not not familiar with Stan Armour, but um, Eddie DeGarmo, Margaret Becker, trio. Stephen Curtis. That's wild. And yeah. uh, and Dave Perkins sings harmony vocal here, so that's yeah. This was a that's, uh, that's cool like Dan said one that you first heard, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just unbelievable. I was looking up some stuff earlier before we did the podcast, and I saw an album review, and the guy reviewing it actually said, you know, the river with flow could have been a few minutes shorter. And I'm like, no, it couldn't. <laughs> it's it's seven. It's almost seven no, minutes. no, nope. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, the song, the song wants to be this long. See, it's and, that, yep. and that's it's, what's it's interesting is good. they didn't that's... come out that I remember anyway. They didn't come out with a shorter version for radio to play, which hmm. was kind of a thing back then. You know, you, I don't know. you'd have yeah. different things where oh, you got to play this. Like I was even uh, listening the other day to a yacht rock uh, station on Pandora or something, and they cut off um, the Chicago song hardest. Uh, Oh shoot! What's hard that? habit to break. Yes, they cut off the yes. hard habit to break at the end. <laughs> well, and both well, most uh, yeah, most AC stations. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, and both me and my, you know Janet was the first one to look up at me and go, yeah. "They just killed that song." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, it, so I'm proud of them for not coming yep. out with a shorter version because I could probably right. see the record company saying, "Look, guys, we've got to take this thing down." I mean, who's going to play this? Yeah, right. Um, but they stuck with it. Right. Um, you know, we got. Chris McHugh hitting every That's percussion good. instrument in sight, I think, in this in this song, <laughs> using the entire drum kit. Uh, Mark yeah. is the only one through the lead vocals throughout this whole song, right? Yeah, nothing. No. Yeah, I don't think Mark, Rick sings um, the lead And then on this Tommy song. Sims, again, that lead-off bass is just amazing as he's coming down. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing there, but he's coming down the scale at the very beginning. Uh, it's just fantastic. So good. Yeah, um, so good. All right, and then we got Set the Bridge on Fire is number nine. Uh, Which, by the way, uh, did you know that this was not on the cassette? Oh, uh-uh. Because I, I originally had the cassette no. when it came out, and then I got, the, I got the CD, and I'm like, wait a minute. What's this song? Uh, <laughs> so this was a bonus for the what CD. What is this song? Kind of like yep. what Amy Grant did that. Leave no me kidding. On, right, a couple of songs on yes. the CD, not on the cassette, and we right. in yep. our earlier podcast where we talk about that. But so, yeah. huh? Must have been something they did in the late eighties. Yeah, I guess so. Which is interesting because this song is one of the songs that has the title of the album mm-hmm. in the lyric. Now, obviously, "Sing Your Freedom" has it too, but we mm-hmm. strike oh, yeah. back with the bright torch right. of freedom. 
set the bridge on fire. So it's interesting that they chose yeah. to leave this one off the cassette. And you know, we got, and again, and we got that one. bass just pumped up driving through the song. Yeah. Um, I like the mm-hmm. keyboard solo at the end. I really enjoyed that. Um, sound, mm-hmm. and, and the sound of that keyboard yeah. is the same sound they use later on Storyline on the next album. That kind of, the, the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, nice. Which I like that song. Good catch. So like, oh. Um, so, Good catch. great song there. Yep. Then it goes into another one of my all-time favorites on this album is Let It Go. Now, not the song from Frozen, but an even better one. <laughs> Let it go. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh. Are you sure? Right. You'd be like, My four-year-old would disagree with you on that. Um, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> Actually, I have. She's asked me to play Let It Go, and she's been <laughs> you did? Okay. Frozen, and I've turned this one on. Yeah, and then oh, then the no. crying and the wailing and yeah. the weeping and gnashing of teeth begins. You don't understand me, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I wanted. So uh, anyway, so exactly. again, tie for best on this album for me. Tommy Sims, again, bass here. Uh, very What I like is very upbeat, hope-filled song, really about forgiveness. Um, keys and bass solo at mm-hmm. the bridge. I love that. And, and then we get that heavy dose again of that Rhythm guitar, that kind of chang cha chang chang rhythm guitar, especially at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So right. Throw that sound effect at the end for you to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nicely done. <laughs> you sweep what they perfect. Yeah. Yep. So. <laughs> oh, please no. Computer brain. So, anyway, so just I could play this again over and over again. In fact, over me, invitation, let it go. I love playing all those many times over. Not very well, popular just like, on Spotify. It's only got a few 35,000 plays yeah. or something compared to the rest of the album. But, uh, huh. yeah. It's yeah. like seeing your freedom when no. Gordon's going in that guitar part and it starts fading out. I'm like, no, keep that going yeah. for another minute. Too early. You know. Yeah. Please. Oh, for sure. They were pretty They were pretty notorious for that yeah, back in the sure. late 80s here. Because, what, Amy Grant did that several times on Leave Me On. They start this great Dan Huff guitar solo and then all of a sudden it's gone. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, where'd it go? <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. Yep, I agree. Yeah, this one's a this one. If you're yes. a Tommy Sims fan, listen to the ending of this one because it's he's got so many good moments. Yep, one of the, the one of, of the highlights. And then we then we drop into the last one. I'll meet you there for sure. Now, I think back also in the late '80s, um, albums had to have these "See You Someday" heartfelt kind of goodbye songs, and this was their version. <laughs> it is. It is. Yep. And it's a good one. I. Right. It, right. This is a good one. Right. Changed yeah, my mind. So it's, this you know, is it a doesn't great quite one. reach the friends level like you'd like, Derek. But uh, you know, it's got the. <laughs> for me, it does. Oh yeah. Oh, it's totally well. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it does an amazing oh, job. Oh, for sure. I think the lyrics are fantastic. Yeah. And so writing credits again, just two, Tommy and Mark. So Tommy was had a pretty big hand in that too. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I yeah. think these lyrics are so good. Um, yeah. Um, I can't I can't hold mm-hmm. back these tears in my eyes. This time I won't even try. Yeah. That's that's a great that's a great lyric. And I think you know even Michael topped Friends. Yeah. I think when he wrote yeah. "Pray for Me," I think that's a better song in every way than than Friends. I personally just I hey 
I grew up in the Friends era, so I was a CCM fan in the Friends era, so I feel well qualified to comment on that song. So it was it was big in my youth group, but I'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. I always liked better and, and pray for me, I always liked better. So this is this is a really yeah. nice ending to this album. I and it it's you know, it like like we said, it is an end of an era at Sparrow. So it's kinda like I don't know that they've ever made an album quite like this again. Um, they've gone on and done uh, greater things, maybe, and and but I, I think they just caught lightning in a bottle on this album, and it was kind of an end of an era, right. especially with this. Group yeah, this of might. This is sure. not might. It is one of my favorite Whiteheart songs, but I can't listen to it very often, guys, because it's so emotional. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lyrics. You know, we chase the future in the past, it but is. we find it never lasts. I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic song. And I agree, yep. Derek, great way to, to end a, just a great album. And, and I love, yep. I love the sound yep. of the, um, yeah, I mean, fr- right from the it's... very beginning, that low register guitar. Dun, 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 dun. Or what is that? Is that the bass? That is a guitar, right? Is it? Okay. So yeah, it, I think it's anyway, both. just the beginning of that is fantastic. Yeah. And then, yeah, Rick finally, you know, building it up at the end and, where he hits those big high notes at the end, special moment to cherish all of our lives. I won't try to hit those notes, but yep. you know, just, <laughs> but yeah, I need this. Lyrics are right on music's right on. Um, like I said, it's a, a great end of an era song. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Whiteheart had a way with power ballads. We could do a whole, we could hold, we could do a Wait, whole CCM. Right heart, the power ballads. Um, Power Ballads <laughs> podcast. Maybe I, we will. Right, Whiteheart. Power Ballads. Live, I'm almost, live I'm in your face with the that Power Ballads album. So, it probably is. joke about it, but I'm pretty sure there is. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. Yeah, it probably does. It probably That's does. It. And <laughs> yes. if not, it'll be released well, actually, next week. I think they got three of them, right? Whiteheart, the Home Sweet Home Power Ballads. Whiteheart, the Star Song Power Ballads. <laughs> That's Whiteheart, it. the Sparrow Power Ballads. There we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Power yes. the independently yes. produced by some guy you've never heard of. Oh my! Oh my goodness! So this is—I mean—it's just fun to listen back to. Of course, I continue to listen to it a lot, but uh, a lot yeah. of fun to talk about, look back on, um, mm-hmm. and I hope everybody else enjoyed it. Uh, just Whitehearts Freedom from 1989, and have a great rest of your week. Freedom, Whiteheart. Obviously, we all love it. Thanks for listening, everybody. So we didn't we didn't come back to tennis. We didn't we didn't we'll do come it next back time. To- <laughs>